I gave you too many strokes last time we played. That's I, true. I, I underestimated you. I need to form. I need to formally apologize. <laughs> but. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition, not the normal edition, though, of There's a Lot Going On, the only podcast that also decommitted from Florida State. I'm David Arroyo, joined, as always, my pal Tom Shively, and Tom, we have made it. It is the end, part two of the There's a Lot Going On Holiday Spectacular, but I need to know, before we get into it, how you feeling today? I'm, I'm excited. I mean, if you're if you're back for part two, you really love the show, so, so we're happy to have everybody you can keep listening part two. you don't have to have listened to part one to have part two so feel free to listen and then go back and listen to part one they can stand alone but another great episode coming here today the uh our guests here we've our our regulars on the show so we're excited to have them back yeah they, these are the people who you know they, they've been on the show many times before except except i guess you know caleb just to give a little preview of the guests but caleb is probably the newest of the people into the spectacular where you know the other two people on this 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 episode they, they get the, the show. guests yeah they've been on the show many times they understand what it is that we're going for here uh before we get too far into it though i plugged this at the, the end of last episode so either if you didn't make it that far or you haven't heard that episode yet if you could do us a huge favor, go on to, Apple, on to iTunes, go on to Spotify, give us a five-star rating, leave a comment. Spotify this week actually updated their app. I think it might be iOS only, but you know you can now give podcast star ratings, and they have said discoverability will be helped by those five-star ratings. So if you could just do that, so that huge favor, go on there, give us a five-star rating. It helps the show, and we would 100% appreciate. So Tom, if you got nothing else to say, let's go into our first guest. Well, we keep it rolling here on the There's a Lot Going On Holiday Spectacular. And Tom, this next guest, I mean, it's a repeat guest. I feel like I don't have the need for him to roll out the red carpet the way we do some of the other guests. Because he's been here before, he knows the pageantry of it all. He understands the stakes in what he's doing. That is the one, the only, Brian McLaughlin, the radio voice of Vermont men's basketball. Brian McLaughlin, how are you doing today? I'm great. Happy to be here. Glad uh, glad you think I get the show, or at least enough to not roll out the red carpet for. I, I've been I've been here for a while. We've we've been on the Talgo bandwagon close to the inception. So uh, happy to be here. Happy to be back on the the best uh, show running on the holiday spectacular. Hey, listen, he said it. Not not, me. A, lot, not a lot of survivors uh, to have you here from day one is impressive. So it's tip of the cap. Listen, I Thank mean, you. our style, you know, we turn some people off sometimes, Tom. I mean, we, we got a lot of heat this last week for our uh, Joey Chestnut Nancy Reagan uh, opener. So, I mean, we, we've been getting some... some. Did we, did we get heat? I thought all we got was compliments. <laughs> yeah, that, that felt like some heat. I don't know. Felt like some heat. I don't know. I, I, didn't, I didn't sense any malice, but we... Uh, we could we could debate that later. Well, the, the stove is getting hot. Br- Brian... You, unlike some other people we have talked to so far in the spectacular, you live in what I could only describe as one of the coldest climates of anybody we're going to talk to. You originally are not from the New England area. Describe for us a little bit the difference in the holidays, you know, now living in Vermont versus when you were back in central Pennsylvania. 
Well, I tell you what, it's been warm the last couple of days here. We have had snow come and then melt, which is rare for Vermont. Last year, my first year here, it snowed once and it was just snow on the ground all winter. Normally, it just doesn't get above like the freezing temperature, doesn't get above 32 degrees. It's it's warm here right now. I, I'm not going to say uh, it's great for the climate because, I mean, not, not great that Vermont is warm on December 15th, uh, but... I'm not complaining because it's about 40 degrees outside right now, which, uh, like you said, not exactly what you think of when you think of Vermont. I- I'm not the biggest skier in the world. There are a lot of very angry Vermonters right now because they can't go skiing. That's pretty much, if you live in Vermont, that's a big part of your personality is skiing for the most part. There are a lot of angry people up here right now because the mountains, uh, some of them are open, some aren't quite open yet. So there, there are some upset people right now regarding the warm weather. Is it kind of like surfing in California? It's like, if you can't surf, are you really a Californian? Yes, absolutely. There are a lot of people up here who like, you meet them and they like first or second question. So do you ski? And I usually say, well, uh, yeah, I do ski, but it's not the thing I'm just looking to do. I'll go maybe once or twice this winter, but I mean, most of these, most people up here are going every single weekend uh, as often as they can. It is yeah, I think comparing it to California surfing is a fair fair comp. What else are you going to do on the weekend in Vermont outside of, you know, watch the wonderful Catamount basketball program, but it, it kind of feels like it's ski or bust. So what does Brian McLaughlin do on the weekends? Yeah, skiing is is by far the thing to do. Uh, there's there's some other things. I mean, the the little downtown area here in Burlington's a great little place if you're uh, looking more to go in the the shopping route. You can go uh, explore Church Street. There are a couple nice little bars downtown as well that you can enjoy. If there's a good college basketball weekend, I know, and Vermont's not playing, I might go and enjoy uh, that myself. Um, during the summer, there's the lake. And so Lake Champlain is gorgeous. Of course, not exactly getting to enjoy that right now. Um, but there's some other great trails to go out and explore on. Uh, I've been, uh, got the all trails app going on my phone, which uh, is great little app to go, go, uh, no free ads. No free ads, um, but uh, that's that's going. I'll go for a hike every now and then. But uh, it, it, skiing is clearly the thing to do. And there's you, you have downhill skiing, you have cross country skiing. Some people ski competitively; others are just doing it for the fun of it. It's it is very much the thing to do in Vermont. Well, you mentioned you also said ver- real quick. You mentioned the the lake there. Do people not like skate on the lake? Like when it, I assume it freezes over and stays frozen for several months, th- does no one go out there and skate on it, or is it too dangerous? What is the what's the vibe there? S- some people do. It's a massive lake, so it doesn't freeze all the way over usually. Um, but it it'll freeze over in pockets. So like the I, I live relatively close to the Shelburne Bay, which is a part of the lake, and parts of that freeze over. You'll see some people go out out and walking on the lake they go ice fishing sometimes now that's not a skill that I have or, or an interest of mine but people go ice fishing out on the lake uh, and so it's it's definitely uh it's still some stuff to do around the lake but not quite as much as you would have uh, in your summer activities Vermonters correct vernacular because I, I I'm still caught up on that I now that I think about it I don't know what else it could have been but Vermonters I like that okay Vermonters is this yeah that's the slang term why couldn't they be Vermonteers 
I, it's just not. I don't ask these questions. Like Ver, Ver, Vermontaneers, like West Virginia. Exactly. <laughs> the Vermontaneers. All right. I don't hate that. Brian, of course, holiday spectacular. I, I need to know. Oh. I, of course, have never been to Burlington, Vermont in during the holidays and last year you pitched us a little bit on why we should spend you know a christmas in burlington i I need you to describe for me you know how how do they do up the downtown what is it like you know maybe at the basketball games i need to know a little bit about what it what it becomes like in this you know what can only be described as a winter wonderland based on the weather well i tell you what downtown is festive they have a big tree lighting every year the main street that i just told you about a little bit bit ago that you can go shopping a lot of good restaurants and bars church street is this walking only street that cuts right through downtown no cars allowed on church street and so they deck it all out lots of Christmas lights, they put up some little smaller trees, and then they've got the big tree right at the base of Church Street that they have a big tree lighting for every year. Now, we were, this is going to be a bit of a brag, I was in Florida with the basketball team enjoying the warm weather over Thanksgiving. But that right at the end of Thanksgiving is when they do the big Christmas tree lighting and it snowed a couple of inches that night. It was very festive, like you said, true winter wonderland downtown. Uh, And so that's definitely the main Burlington attraction as far as uh, holiday festivities go. What part of Florida? Uh, We were in Fort Myers, which... Very warm. I mean, I I could not have been happier uh, to spend a week in Fort Myers, Florida during Thanksgiving. Got to go out golfing once, which was a great time. Played in pretty nice course down there, which I I really enjoyed that whole part of the trip. Was sitting by the pool. uh, Got to call a game winner. It was it was it was a good trip. I enjoyed my time in Florida. I gotta stop. Uh, I gave you too many strokes last time we played. That's true. I, I underestimated you. I need to form. I need to formally apologize. <laughs> but I can. I, I, it's it is true. Tom gave me too many strokes the last time we played, um, and I thoroughly destroyed him. I mean, it was pure domination. And thoroughly destroyed seems harsh. This whole thing is know, just I, a phrasing galore. I don't you love it, Dave? I mean, I just. It was it was a massacre. That's all I have to say. I took some money from Tom the last time we played. It was outstanding. He took some money last time. Uh, he gave you all actually, the strokes. That's actually not true because I came in second and Ryan was okay. third. Yeah, that's fair. And Ryan, he paid yeah. me to pay you. So really, I was net zero. You just took all of his money. But I I've took, lost I took plenty money. of other money to people throughout life. So it's fine. Well, well get it, getting back on track here for a second, you know, you mentioned the warm weather. This question has been posed to other people already, but I'd like your perspective as someone who has now, within the last few weeks, gotten to experience the extreme cold of Vermont and the extreme warmth of Florida. Can it still be the holidays if you don't get the snow and the terrible weather? It's just not the same. I think you can get the feeling of the holidays but i mean for me if i if i could like have my pick of how the holidays would go it would be warm up until like the week of christmas and then just snowing all of christmas week let it be cold that week week of maybe right into new year's and then go back to the warm weather again i think it's great to have the cold weather around the holidays and the snow um but outside of that 
I, I would much prefer the warm weather, but I, I do think at least personally, I don't know if I could spend a Christmas or a New Year's in Florida and have it feel the same. It just wouldn't really feel right. Well, I mean, if climate change continues on this current trend, you're, you might get your exact wish. It snows a That's lot on I'm Christmas saying. and it's 90 degrees the rest of the year. Look, I'm not a proponent of, uh, I'm not anti-climate change. I mean, climate change is a real issue, but I do like some of those things that come out of climate change. Selfishly, it does create a good atmosphere for uh, how I would like to live. It's all fun and games until not a it starts. Player. Not a, it's all fun and games till it starts snowing twenty four inches every time it snows and Miami's underwater and we don't have a nice warm place to go anymore. That's a problem. Yep, major issue. But I mean, like in the grand scheme of underwater cities, Miami not the worst, right? I mean, it, it, it's Miami. It's not oh, which you know, which is going to be better, Miami not, or New Orleans? I would. Oh, New Orleans mm-hmm. is going first, no doubt. Yeah, I could. They are both solid underwater cities. I mean, it's going to happen in New Orleans first, like Tom said. But I mean, I, I think I, Miami would probably be probably the first overall draft pick as far as cities that would be fun, fun underwater. Would it still be the craziest Florida city if it was underwater? Is it even the craziest Florida city? I would argue yes. It's both the most corrupt <laughs> and the craziest. Yeah, I think I think it would be the most. I think it would still be the craziest. I mean, th- this is a question for Dan Lebetard and company, not exactly me, but they they could give you a better breakdown. I'm sure a little local hour action on uh, on how exactly Miami would be if if it was underwater all the time. But I don't know. I think it would still be a pretty crazy city. Brian, we, we've been. Are we, are we talking giant pool parties? That's just twenty four seven. You just kind of wade. You just wade to work, I guess. That's what I'm picturing. I mean, just bathing suits all the time. No need for anything else in life. That's 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 the picture that's in my head. That's Miami already, though. That's a good point. That's so nothing will change. I guess you know it's it's exactly. they're built to be an underwater city. It's already close to an underwater city in this sense. They're ready for it. Brian, we, we've been asking all of our guests, we, we've been wanting to know about their their family holiday traditions, and you know, we'd like to pose the question to you, is there anything the McLaughlin family does that has become either a yearly tradition, do you maybe change up the traditions any every year? Give, give us a little bit of the, the lowdown. Sure. So um, every year, my family, uh, since I was very little, we get together with my mom's whole side of the family. Um, so there's 14 of us that usually end up in one house for almost 10 days on end. It is, it, it's an event. Uh, the the Froberg family gets gets together and uh, spends a lot of time together. Now the last couple of years we haven't been able to do that. With uh, I had to stay up here in Vermont last year due to the pandemic, and I have a couple cousins who live out west now, and so it hasn't been the full family uh, Christmas that we've had in years past. But uh, some traditions growing up. I mean, um, just from Things around Christmas, uh, let's see, the, usually on Christmas Eve, what we'll do is um, uh, we open up one present, everybody opens up one present on Christmas Eve, and then you open up the rest all together on Christmas morning, um, which is always fun. 
Um, when we were really little, we would uh, sit on, so we'd all sleep upstairs, and then me and my cousins would, before we would go down and open presents, this is a funny one, we would sit on the stairs and sing happy birthday to Jesus before we would go downstairs and open presents, which was, I don't remember the last time that's happened at at, at a Froberg family Christmas, but that's one that vividly uh, stands out from my childhood, and so that's that's definitely one. Dave, I saw you uh, almost chuckling there at that one a little bit. I mean, it's, it's funny to look back on. And so there's, there's a bunch of things that like I enjoy around the holidays from all sorts of different Christmas cookies that my mom always makes or, um, funny traditions like that. And I'm excited to be able to go home this year and spend some time with my family. Oh, hold on. You mentioned, you mentioned food. I think I heard you say cookies that your mother makes. What kind of cookies is she making? Come on, give us the goods. So her, her specialty I'll say are these, uh, they're called green tree cookies and they're almond flavored. Um, and they are quite literally how they sound. They are green tree almond flavored cookies. And you think almond flavor and it's, it's, it's not like the most, the best flavor that you initially think of, but these cookies are unbelievable. So we've got those, they're shaped like, uh, Christmas trees. Then you've got some frosted cookies that are sugar cookies. Usually, um, my grandpa requests chocolate chip. We've got some molasses cookies going on. And then these, um, chocolate sugar peanut butter abomination. I, I forget exactly even what they're called, but they're uh, my grandma Ruth's recipe. They always get made. And if you have like one of those, it's just heart attack city, like straight sugar, straight to your brain, but they are unbelievably good. And so we've got a widespread of Christmas cookies. Oh, well, hold on. I need to ask the group then because one of my favorite Christmas cookies, again, no free ads. So I'm going to try and describe these without telling you the brand, but they're the circular cookies with the green Christmas trees right in the middle of them. They're pre-cut. You can buy them at the supermarket. Does everyone know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they, is that a specific brand? I believe so. Yeah, it's like a specific brand. I didn't brand know that. that I kind of just thought. <laughs> I would have just called them like sugar like chocolate cookies. chip cookies. Yeah, where right? you just make them. Yeah. So, so I, I would have been with you, Tom. What is everyone's thoughts on? I believe they are sugar cookies on those sugar cookies. And I have another cookie adjacent thing I'd like to throw out everyone and see their thoughts. But thoughts on that one first. Well, I, I mean, they're, they're fine. They're not my go to sugar cookie, but like. A solid one. I'm more of the, I, I am, I give the preferential treatment to the homemade cookies. That's, that's when, when mom and her sisters are making cookies, I'm going to eat the homemade ones first before any store bought. I'm not a huge sugar cookie guy. Um, my family does make a good like sugar cookie kind of based thing with a little Hershey kiss in the middle. So mm. that's always a holiday classic. Um, my favorite sugar cookie, I can't even lie though, are those store brand with the colorful icing, you know the ones I'm Low talking key about. Low-key delicious. I could, kind of, could eat a whole box I, I could in eat one a whole, sitting. In, yeah, it, which you, you talk heart attack city, that's heart attack city. I'm so. with you. This is why most people in the United States die of heart disease right there. That is exactly why. Look, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're running behind, you're going to a potluck, maybe, you know, it's never a bad thing to just pick up a thing of those and you're off the hook. Cause like oh, all these are so good. I haven't had them in so long. Just they're a classic, the nostalgia like, can kind of save you. They're, they're like a 4th of July. Like, oh, I didn't bring anything else. I'm going to go to the store and grab some like red, white, and blue of those, those sugar cookies. They're, they're a classic. Just bring to the, the 4th of July picnic. Well, I feel like those are very divisive. I, I see a lot of people on social like really trying to talk down on those cookies. And I, I think they're great. Like, I think it's just really trying to, people trying to like get on their high horse and be snobby about something like doesn't really need it. 
Yeah, those, they're fantastic. Anybody who dislikes those cookies hates fun. They're just they're just wrong. Yeah, it's okay. All right, and another thing that is cookie adjacent that we do in my family, my mother on a yearly basis makes pizzelles. They have become our like holiday snack treat, if you will. What is everyone's thoughts on pizzelles? I, mean, I don't actually know what a pizzelle is. It's been a while, been a while since I've had a pizzelle, but I mean, I I have no issue, no issue with with them. Tom, this is going to be terribly difficult to explain, but they're basically like imagine you have a thing that looks like a waffle maker, right? And you pour this batter into it, you press it down, and when you're done, you get this thin circular kind of, it's like snowflake shaped almost. It's pretty big though thin cookie type thing that is either vanilla flavored or depending on who makes them you can also make them with like black licorice and then they're black and they're that flavor uh i prefer the vanilla of course not a big black licorice guy but that's the best i can do to describe them i'll have to give you some sometime because my mother is usually making them yearly i don't know if we've made them yet this year but i'm gonna gonna need those before i'm back home again next next week I gotta see it, but um, I'll, think, I'll withhold my thoughts until then. I think you'll see. I think you'll know what he's talking about when you when you see it, Tom. That it's it's it's. I'm one just of gonna those, search it real quick. Yeah, go ahead and look it up. I mean, it's one of those where you see the picture, you're like, oh, that thing. You just didn't realize it was called a pizzelle, If I had to guess, they're always in the store too. Like for some right. reason, they sell them year round, and they don't feel like a year round cookie to me. Are Not they even all. cookies? Let's like discuss. I would I would call them a cookie. It's not not really like a it's just it looks like a waffle. That's a good way to describe it's it. It's a thin waffle. It's like a it's like a waffle not, that you just I'm not going to lie. I I'm looking at it and I've never seen these before. Wow, this is shocking. That is a surprise. Looking at it, would you call it a cookie? I would call it a waffle, probably. Okay, mm. interesting. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. No. That's an easy one. I believe a hot dog may be a sandwich. I don't. I don't think Maybe. it is. I heard an argument recently. What do, you, what do you What do you call a hot dog without the bun? It's still a hot dog. Well, let, let Would me, you call that a sandwich? Hear, hear me out. I'm not making the argument. It is a sandwich. I heard recently on a podcast though that quote unquote anything can be a sandwich if you put a mind to your mind to it to the point where this person <laughs> that's a lazy take. That's just a lazy take. <laughs> this person was calling hot pockets a sandwich. So it, it was. It, we had gone pretty far down the rabbit hole. Empanada is an empanada sandwich. He was calling it a sandwich. That's I mean, just, he's just going down with the ship. At that honestly, point. I would argue that Hot Pockets are more of a sandwich than hot dogs. That's a good take. I mean, but it's enclosed. It's, it's like a burrito. Like, is a burrito a sandwich? No. It's sandwich adjacent. Kind of. Like, well, sandwich adjacent doesn't make it a sandwich. Again, closer to a sandwich than a hot dog. <laughs> it's not how close is it to a sandwich. It's well, no, is just... it a sandwich. <laughs> okay, so no, it's not a sandwich. You're getting all technical on me now, Tom. We should normalize no, eating I'm, I'm sandwiches just, at the holidays. It should just be yes or no. Like, I, I want to show up to the holidays with a good hoagie and just, that be my meal. What's wrong with that? I feel like leftover sandwiches are always the play. Thanksgiving and for us Christmas, like you just throw some bread out there, you throw I some of the really, ham on there, and I, boom, I you're really, good to go December twenty sixth. I really missed out on the Thanksgiving leftover sandwiches this year because, again, 
I was in Florida, no homemade Thanksgiving meal, and while the hotel provided Thanksgiving was solid, no leftover turkey sandwiches the next day. That, that really did pain me. Okay, so this is perfect. Tom, I heard you say ham. We do not do a ham at Christmas. I'd like to hear what everyone, what, what does the food spread look like at your Christmas? Since we all do celebrate Christmas. Yep. Uh, it's, it's a, we do a ham every Christmas Eve. And so that's the, the Christmas Eve meal is a ham, um, usually some green beans, uh, maybe some macaroni and cheese. And then the big side dish is, uh, this homemade dish called potato bake. And it is essentially a potato casserole that is loaded with just all different types of potato and cheese. And then sprinkled on top is crushed up potato chips. It is terrible for you, but it tastes fantastic. I, I am very much looking forward to some potato bake when I get home this, this Christmas. I don't know if you've heard this take from me, Brian, but the moment you anyone calls it a casserole, I'm out. I, I don't want it the moment I hear the mm. word casserole. The word casserole is gross and it makes me not want it. Okay, well then this is casserole adjacent if we're doing that. It's not quite a casserole, but it's like kind of in that category. I just called it that so you would kind of get the picture of it. I'm not going to say that it's a casserole. Smart man, smart man. Uh, Tom, you also do a ham? I'm trying to think. We're actually we're actually pretty similar. We do ham. We'll throw some lamb in there sometimes. Uh, funny backstory on that. There's like a... I can't remember what it's called, but there's a like kind of minty seasoning that you put on things. I can't remember what it's called, mint? but no, no, no. It, it's something it's not, not mint jelly, but like it's whatever. My, my family's going to embarrass me for thinking about this one, but I, it was always put on the lamb at Christmas. And the first time I like had lamb that didn't have it on it, I thought it tasted weird. Cause I didn't, I was like, Oh, this isn't lamb. What is this? They're like, Oh, it's just that without the mint on it. And I was like, Oh, all right. I've been lied to my entire life. But yeah, I think we do, we do like some mashed potatoes. We'll do probably some green beans. Pretty similar to Brian. Honestly, we'll do ham and, and maybe some lamb. I, I, I always like large portion of ham and like a little bit less lamb, but it, both are good. So it plays. All right. So hear me out a little bit. We don't do the Christmas day ham. Mind you, I'm vegetarian, so I don't eat the ham anyway, but we do. You're a vegetarian adjacent. Let's not, let's not. <laughs> this is true. Gloss over that. Let's, this is true. And we're going to get to that in a second. So we do the ham the night before. I don't eat the ham. I was never really a big fan of the ham to begin with, but we do a Christmas Eve ham, you know, after everyone goes to church and whatnot. The day of... We actually do a filet roast that is elite. It's like my favorite thing to eat every year to the point where I give up being vegetarian for a day. I risk the severe stomach pain to eat this delicious filet roast. So far, we have not experienced the severe stomach pain and the all-day trips to the bathroom. This may be too much information for the audience, but, you know, this could be the year. You never know. By putting it out there, like, in the ether, you're just asking for that to happen to you this year. Well, see, last year, I went into it expecting that because I hadn't eaten red meat in three, four years. I, like, eh, maybe that's a little long. It was probably only, like, two and a half years. But still, I was going into it like, this is going to be terrible. I'm going to, like, get destroyed. And then it didn't happen. So, like, I feel like I'm over Phrasing. Phrasing. Yes, good work, Tom. Um... I gotta. I can't let you get off the hook for saying I'm vegetarian because I, can you outline your philosophy a little bit? Because you, it, it's a little fraudy. I can't lie. It's a little fraudy. Uh, not a, no, it's not. So, 
most people who are vegetarian. We'll let we'll let Brian be the judge. Okay. Most people who are vegetarian. Let me let me pitch my argument. Most people who are vegetarian or vegan, they do it for the animals. You know, they care a lot about the animals and stuff like of that variety. I'm a believer that we have outsmarted animals to the point where we don't have to be hunter gatherers anymore. Thus, I don't care if you eat a cow or you eat a, a pig. Yeah, it might look cruel. I could care less. Go ahead, have at it, have your fun. My whole thing was climate-based, and the difference in terms of climate impact between being vegan, being vegetarian, and then being what I've what's been described to me as like a Mediterranean diet, where you eat like chicken and you eat you do a lot of like olive oils, pastas, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The difference in climate impact between the three is minimal. So every now and then, if I want like some chicken, I'm going to eat some chicken. It is what it is. You know, if we're out and about and me and Tom are like, yo, let's go to Wendy's. I'm getting a chicken sandwich. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. So that you're last, Mediterranean. You're not vegetarian. That last sentence there where you say, if, if I'm going to Wendy's, I'm going to get a chicken sandwich really hurt your argument for you're saying that you're a vegetarian. I mean... I, I can hear parts of it. I understand the, the climate impact. Um, my brother's a vegetarian. I have a cousin who's vegan. Um, and they are doing it uh, more both for their own health. It is a healthier diet. Um, if you can find that protein um, kind of to the, the protein that you're missing out on, if you can make sure you're still getting that, it is a healthier diet. They're also doing it more for um, the, my brother in particularly, both for the climate impact as well as um, – the, the whole animal aspect that you discussed, Dave. Um, but yeah, I, I would say you are close to being a vegetarian, but I, I wouldn't definitely put you, put you all the way in that box. If you're going to Wendy's and grabbing a chicken sandwich every once in a while, I can't quite call you a vegetarian. It, it's very fleeting, very fleeting. That we do. I will say, though, every time I've been home since I went back to being a vegetarian, I have eaten a patalillo, which is a Spanish, is Puerto Rican empanada, essentially, and that is stuffed full of chicken. So I just can't help it. Every Sounds time amazing. I'm, every time I'm home, I gotta eat it. They're delicious. He's vegetarian unless he eats meat. I get it. That's okay. <laughs> that's that's probably um, the I best way to describe I think, it. I think we're glossing over the superior Christmas dessert, though. What are the what are the room's thoughts on fudge? Because my family, we're big on Christmas fudge. We do. Uh, my two favorites are like a cream de mint fudge and then peanut butter fudge. I I'll eat like buckets of that. So Love a good I'm a big fudge, fudge guy, not as much cookies. I I mean, my family is definitely more of the the cookies side of this spectrum here, but I have no hate for fudge. I mean, a good like you said it, a good peanut butter fudge, mm, that is pristine right there. Well, I mean, I think the group knows my thoughts. I don't know if the listeners know my thoughts on this. Not a big peanut butter guy, so I'm probably out on that one. The the peppermint, mint, whatever you just said before that, that sounded delicious. I'm all in on that one. But uh, we don't really do fudge, so I, I would agree with Brian. We're more of a cookie uh, and other random desserts family around the holidays. We don't really do the fudges, although my family does really enjoy a good fudge. All right, Brian, I believe that's bringing us to the end of your time with us on the Holiday Spectacular. J- just one more thing I was kind of thinking of. I thought about this about 10 minutes ago, and we kind of fell down a rabbit hole of food. H- has there ever been like a gift you re- you've received, like a-, a big gift that you look back on fondly as like, wow, that that's the epitome of Christmas right there. That was the gift that, that really solidified the holidays for me as a top tier 
Uh, well, I got to clarify this first Christmas favorite holiday. Yes. No. Ooh, it is definitely in the upper echelon of holidays. I, I would say it probably gets the lean for favorite holiday. It, it gets, gets the lean. If you were asking me the same question around like the 4th of July, I might say that. I, um, but it's, it's, Really, it's Christmas time, so I'm going to give it the lean. Um, as far as Brian loves a, a good glizzy, <laughs> you're not wrong. I mean, nothing better than that. And I've spent my last couple Joey Fourth of C, Julys. I, I agree. I've spent my last couple Fourth of Julys at, at baseball games, which is just a peak way to spend your Fourth of July, even if you are working. Unfortunately, which has been the case for me. But um, is Brian third to- on the uh, the glizzy tier? Is it? Is it Joey Chestnut, Nancy Reagan, and then Brian McLaughlin? Is that how that goes? I would be. Is Nancy one? She might be one. She might be ahead of Joey. Based on the recent Twitter discourse, I think it's hard to argue that Nancy's the clear top front runner in that competition. Glizzy God. Apparently. Well, back to Christmas. And uh, as I was saying, um, I mean, as that far was as Ronald's go, Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Happy holidays. Happy holidays is right. Hope he's rotten uh, in hell. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't really have a gift that completely stands out. I've always uh, enjoyed getting a good uh, jersey. I like getting jerseys for Christmas. Like, I have a pretty big baseball jersey collection. Um, oh, well, here, so, we, here we go. If nothing stands out, I, I got to ask then the group. This is a group question. Are you one of those people? I'm one of these people. I I much prefer buying gifts to receiving gifts. I feel like when you're getting a gift, people are want a certain reaction out of you, and that reaction is never going to be like satisfactory, especially if it's a big gift. Where I prefer to give gifts because you know I'm not really expecting any sort of reaction. It's just kind of a thing I saw and was like, oh, I think they'd really like this. And so I I, I enjoy gift giving more than I do gift receiving. But I'm curious the group's thoughts. It's an interesting debate. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's probably gift to gift. Some gifts I'm really excited for people to open that I'm giving and others I'm like, oh, I don't know if they're going to like that. So it's it's like kind of gift to gift in that sense. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's definitely when I was, if you had told me in elementary school that I would enjoy giving gifts as much as I do now, I would have been like, you're crazy. I just love getting the gifts. Now it's like, all right, I'm an adult. I'm actually spending my own money on these gifts for other people. So I I care about how they think of them a little bit more um, because it is from my own money. And so that's probably uh, where the change in philosophies is starting to come through there for me. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I think it's, you get a, it's a different feeling and I, I hard to compare. I don't know. Yeah. A lot of pressure on giving gifts. So it's like, if you get a gift that you give that really hits, I think there's no better feeling. So you got to take that. Um, I'm not the greatest gift giver, so I do feel a lot of pressure every Christmas. But you know, we're we're working on it, so we'll we'll, we'll build from the ground I up. Ca- I consider myself to be a, a very good gift giver, and I've been told I'm a very thoughtful gift giver. So, like, it, it adds pressure to it, Tom. Like, I, I would honestly argue, don't ever get good at it, because then once you are good at it, there's expectations for you at that point. That's a take. It's a good take. Uh, Brian, real quick before we let you go, uh, you said jerseys. I just quick one word answer. I don't need you to elaborate any further. What's the best jersey you ever got at Christmas? I'll go first real quick. I got a Chris Paul New Orleans Hornets when they were wearing like the blue with the purple like vertical stripes. I got one of those for Christmas one year. That was pretty sick. 
Well, in the moment, my favorite Christmas jersey that I received was a 2016 Chicago Cubs World Series champion jersey. However, the unfortunate part to that is the name on the back belongs to Addison Russell, who is now a noted very bad human being and not a very good baseball player either. So that, like, I loved that jersey in the moment. Now I I can't exactly wear it. It's I don't know where that jersey is. Unfortunately, I actually had the 2016 World Series champion patch removed from the jersey just just to, so I have the patch and I don't need to wear the jersey anymore. Outside of that, I remember growing up, I got, when I was still a pretty big Steelers fan, I got a James Harrison jersey that I wore for probably a couple of weeks. I was a massive James Harrison fan on those uh, mid-2000 uh, Steeler teams that, that were just so much fun. Can you just sew the patch on another Cubs jersey? Does that feel too fraudulent? Yeah, it does. Um, I I wouldn't do it on another Cubs jersey. Um, It also doesn't really fit with the other Cubs jerseys I have because I the other um, that's actually the only pinstriped Cubs jersey that I have. All the others are either gray or blue, so the patch doesn't really look quite right on those jerseys. Um, It looks better on the pinstriped, like the classic Cubs white with the blue pinstripes. It looks better on that, and so I wouldn't do it to one of the other one of the other jerseys that I have. I I think that's. That's a bad take, though, because they wore the blue when they actually won Game 7. So, to me, that feels like the natural fit. It's true. I I have both a Kyle Hendricks and a Chris Bryant blue Cub jersey, and so maybe maybe I'll explore the possibility of throwing it on Game 7 starter Kyle Hendricks jersey. Real quick, me, uh, Vince Wilfork, Patriots jersey. I think it's actual size because it still doesn't fit me to this day, but that was... The, the nicest pastures I've ever gotten. And Vince Wilfork, one of my favorite Patriots of all time. So that's mine. Patriot legend. I, I While we're on the topic of football jerseys, I once got a uh, an all-black Brian Dawkins, Mitchell and Ness-like classic Brian Dawkins jersey. And that is that is still in the rotation. That is still worn. It's my go-to Eagles jersey because, you know, they're cycling through. I thought Carson Wentz was going to be the guy. And then there he goes out of town a year later. And then... Jalen Hurts, maybe he's the guy, maybe he's not. I don't know. That's that's a topic for a a regular edition of There's a Lot Going On. But this is the Holiday Spectacular. That was Brian McLaughlin. Brian, we'll have to have you back on again this year, right around the NCAA tournament. You'd be very proud. I'm much more informed this year, mostly because I'm working around college basketball now, but that's neither here nor there. Brian, tell the people, where can they find you? Where can they check you out? You know, g- Give them all the information before you go. Sure. Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter for some terrible basketball takes usually at um, B underscore McLaughlin three is my Twitter handle. Um, Or if you just search Brian McLaughlin, it might come up. Um, Yeah. Looking forward to being back uh, come March Madness time. Hopefully my catamounts are making a little run to the tournament going dancing. That'd be fun. Um, I mean, inevitably it's just going to be Baylor's title again. As we told you last year, Dave, Tom and I tried to tell everyone that Baylor was going to win it all. And if I had to pick one right now, I'm putting all my money on the bears again. I mean, that's, that's my college hoops take of the day. I I can't take credit for that. I can't hop on that bandwagon with you. I firmly went down with the ship with the big 10 last year. I had Ohio state winning it all, but I did say Gonzaga wasn't, I did say Gonzaga wasn't going to win it all. So I'll take the victory lap on that. That is what we said. We said Gonzaga was not going to win it all. I would have doubled down before the preseason again this year. I'll triple down now. They're not going to win it again. I mean, it's, it's maybe this is Ohio state's year, Tom. I've been watching a lot of the Buckeyes. I, I like what I see from Ohio state. 
None of that matters. Clowned Duke without two of their best players. So, just saying. All I'm saying is uh, none of that matters because Chet Holmgren is still going to be the first overall pick. That's that's all that really matters. Well, uh, yeah. Jabari, that's a bad Jabari's, take. I think uh, college basketball matters to people. Just because it doesn't matter to you doesn't mean it doesn't it matter. It matters to me. It, it, I would it, say to Brian McLaughlin me, it matters a lot. It most certainly matters to me. It pays my bills. How dare you? It pays my bills, too. It matters big time to me. I, I need college hoops. Yeah, I, I currently also very much need college hoops. Don't dare put me into that bucket, Tom. I... I've been. I just said what you said. I just took your words. I didn't. I didn't insinuate anything. You just said Chet Holmgren being the number one pick is all that matters. All that matters for Gonzaga is what I'm saying. Mm, but Debatable. that's not what you just said. That, that, that that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Let, let, let's let's just move off of this one. That's Brian McLaughlin. Brian, thank you again for joining us on the holiday spectacular. We'll, we'll see you back here hopefully in a couple months. Love it. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, Tom, I, I would think we'd be remiss in our job as host of the Holiday Spectacular if we only allowed for representation of the Christmas holiday season. And that's about to change right now with these next two guests. First up on the list of people who we're bringing on to talk about Hanukkah itself. Maybe, I mean, we'll get the takes, but I, Tom, I might argue just as good of a holiday as Christmas, potentially. It's Caleb Wolfinger. Caleb, welcome back to There's a Lot Going On. Thank you for joining us on the Holiday Spectacular. Thank you guys for having me. It's like, it's like to be here to talk about uh, Hanukkah and another thing. You sound so psyched. I am psyched. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. Caleb, get, lay, lay it out for us. You know, the thing I've always been told by people who celebrate Hanukkah and not Christmas is, you know, they do their Hanukkah festivities and then they spend Christmas in a warm climate as opposed to spending it, you know, it, well, at least the people I know, because most of the people I know are from cold climates. How does your family handle the, that time between Hanukkah and Christmas where you don't really have a lot going on, but you know, you, you know, you don't celebrate Christmas. Right, right. Well, in, in terms of, you know, location, Hanukkah varies depending on the year. Now, typically it does end before Christmas. There are very, 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 you know, once in a blue moon type times where it will extend to Christmas Eve, Christmas, like maybe seventh or eighth day type deal. But usually it's before. So yeah, um, when I was younger, we would, you know, just celebrate each night at home, very low key, maybe uh, do like, we did like a little family gathering, like with the extended family on one of the... A day that it would fall on a weekend, we would go to like my grandmother's house and a lot of the extended family from, you know, Queens and Brooklyn would come in and all that stuff. Um, but in terms of like location, you know, we'd spend it at home and then sometimes we would go to uh, Miami where my aunt lives, like over Christmas break, um, which is the classic, uh, you know, New York Jewish tradition of moving yourself to Florida to spend your time by the pool and with a lot of other New York Jews who are also there. So that is a tradition as old as time, uh, or as old as snowbirds, rather. But um, that's usually that's usually what we would do. You know, sometimes if you're... It, it transitioned a little bit into... Uh, uh, my my stepfamily, had, they had a place in uh, Boca Raton, which is even more New York Jew. So we just, you know, you're, you're with your people on uh, Christmas time, and, you you know, you play some, some golf at... The, you know, the uncle's country club or you, you know, go dip in the pool or you know, stuff like that. So it's, I would say Florida is like the classic warm weather uh, climate destination. So I, I have to, I have to ask something I've often wondered and 
been kind of curious. Curious your take on it. I feel like there's a severe lack of Hanukkah-themed movies, music, all, all that stuff. It's all Christmas at this time of year. We don't get any any of the Hanukkah-themed movies and music. Why do you think that is? It's interesting because there is like a, a surprisingly large number of whether it's like Reformed Jews or more religious, you know, conservative Orthodox Jews who you know, are in the U.S. Um, so it, it's a good point. I'm not entirely sure why that is. The most recent movie that I've seen that I, you know, or, or any piece of art that I've seen that revolves around a Jewish holiday is Uncut Gems when it's on Passover, um, which evergreen. I mean, any excuse I can get to talk about Uncut Gems, I'm going to talk about it. But uh, in general, I can't think of any like Hanukkah themed film off the top of my head i'm sure there's a bunch i'm i'm missing but not in not that i've seen recently and i don't know why because maybe because the time of year christmas is so omnipresent and there's a lot of like movies for decades that have been about christmas that hanukkah hasn't had the same doesn't have the same weight i, I don't know I don't, I don't i don't i can't exactly uh pin it down but yeah well well all right so when we're talking about the eight days First day, last day, does it kind of grow in, in celebration every day or kind of how do you map out a big, big first night, big last night, kind of what's, right. what, what's the track? Well, okay, a lot of this is going off when I'm younger. You know, to be full transparency, now mm-hmm. these days, you know, when I was in college or, uh, you know, now out of school, it's a little different, you know, because you just kind of get gifts mailed to you or, or sent to you or, you know, someone uh, PayPal's you money or whatever, you know. Uh, whatever the case may be. And it's not, when I was younger though, it would be like, you'd be like, oh, I'm getting a gift every night. Like we get, I get eight presents. Like that's crazy. Plus the extended family, you know, you really, you psych yourself up for it. So first night is usually something significant. At least in my, my immediate family, you know, my mom, she was getting the presents. The first night would be something like the thing you really wanted would be on the first night. And then as it goes a long time, you know, smaller and smaller, it kind of wanes and you're just... You're more for lighting the candle, you know, lighting the menorah, and you're doing your little uh, couple quick songs with the family and all that stuff, and then you kind of move on to your dinner, you know. And then by night seven or eight, usually it's, you know, uh, you spend it with the extended family or, like, the grandma comes over, you know, all that stuff. And then you might get a couple more presents, like, in the in the upper echelon of, like, oh, man, I haven't gotten this yet. Like, I really want it. And then, oh, you know, mom came clutch. She got it again. You know, that that kind of thing. So it was usually at the beginning and the end would be the, the escalation. And then it kind of, you know, uh, lulls a little bit in in the middle days because it is, it is eight days. It's tough to expect you're going to get banger presents for eight days. Sometimes you got to get like something practical. Well, so uh, you mentioned day one is normally the day you get those those big gifts. Mm-hmm. Take us back yeah. through the years. What what was the the uh, the pinnacle of the day one gifts? The 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 gift that you got that like it was never topped. There was never a better gift than that gift. When I was well, for one, full disclosure, my birthday usually occurred on Hanukkah, which sucks. Um, that's just, you know, it's a good excuse for people to just say, Hey, you know, happy holiday. Like, you know, here's your, here's your two and one, or your, two birds, yeah, two birds, one stone. I don't yeah. have to spend, you know, whatever. It's just fine. You know, now that I'm an adult it makes perfect sense. Like I get it. <laughs> um, as it turns, you know, to your question, when I was really young, I forget the exact age, 
I got a PSP day one of Hanukkah. Oh, PSP, back, legendary. Like back, in, back in the day, PSP. And it was lovely. It lasted me many years. I played many, many games on it. Like, I had a lot of PSP games. We're talking car rides, plane trips. Like, I took that thing everywhere for years until it literally just broke on me one day. So, even my younger brother got some use out of it once I was on to, like, you know, playing like xbox 360 all the time so that that was a that was a uh definitely a special place in my heart that gift see my we have a favorite game favorite game favorite game tough while um, you think about that i can answer this question because that's where sure. i was going to go with this was sure i used to play a lot of i don't remember what year it was but one of the mlb the shows i played all the time on my psp to the point where it was the only game I played because I had discovered, right? I was in the minors. And for some reason, my guy was like a beast, despite the fact that his stats weren't very good. Where like my guy was hitting like 80 homers a year, 200 RBIs. We were stealing like 100 bases, but we would never get called up for some reason. And I had noticed at one point, if I had ever switched games, my guy was no longer a beast. He would go back to just being like generic regular guy. So once we got into a rhythm, I just left the game in there and then never quit because I knew if I quit, he wasn't going to be good anymore. Oh my gosh. That's well, because at, at a certain point in time, you know, sometimes you get a like after I had the PSP for a while, it would be tough to like save files sometimes. Like, or you would have to save religiously before that thing would freeze mid, mid whatever, like mid objective. Um, i trying to think of a favorite game. I played a lot of the, I, play, I did on the PS3 too. I played a lot of sports games, car racing games, and then like select like, like um, adventure FPS type stuff. So like Ratchet and Clank was like a thing that I played a lot. Um, I forget the name of the game, but I played like Ratchet and Clank games a lot and I would like beat the game and then I would try to like beat it and get all the objectives and all that. So, you know, like just, so that was a game that was definitely there on all the car rides. I played MLB like 09, the show or something a lot. Might've been 08, one of those years. Uh, yeah, I think, I think those were, those were ones Madden too. Although I would get my ass kicked whenever I went online. Facts. Uh, that was like the earth that was you know psp online so yeah I mean, terrible max, it was awful maximum bugs like maximum uh you know glitches <laughs> see, I, it. <laughs> I, I look back so fondly on the psp and i think part of it is because the the nintendo ds was the console that got super hyped up in terms of like handhelds and i thought the psp was far superior like I had so much more fun with my PSP than I did my Nintendo DS, and I just look back on it like that was an elite console that I owned. But back in the infancy of your uh, takes days, your hot takes days, your hot take was that the PSP was the real winner from the class of 2006 or whatever. That, that when the, when no question. <laughs> I mean, the sales would argue otherwise. I would argue in the opposite direction. Well, I think you were You're retroactively. So it checks out. Oh, here goes Tom. <laughs> I think retroactively, I, I would uh, definitely agree with you. I, I, I never owned a DS. I had friends that did, and I, I mean, I just, I, I only happen to have the PSP, but that PSP was, uh, was good for a lot of memories. So we, we support 
we support PSP love. Uh, the the one game I loved on the Nintendo DS was so you remember you could play like Guitar Hero on like your Xbox or whatever. They yeah. released a Guitar Hero version for the Nintendo DS, and basically like in the cartridge in the bottom where you would put like Game Boy Advance games, you would plug in like the piece where you could like play it you would hold it kind of like this and you would strum on the screen and it was kind of nuts but i was way better at that version of guitar hero than the regular version because my hands were small and i couldn't reach the last button you know you gotta compensate somehow there were there were times when i was younger and i had like the xbox controller and you had to like do a combo or something and you know you had to there were tough ways to do it you know like if you didn't press down the one of the joysticks hard enough or whatever, you know. So the 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 life and times of uh, of difficult uh, gaming adaptability. Now, Caleb, given the fact you don't celebrate Christmas, I am just kind of curious. Like, you know, there are often. I know you're a movie guy and you're a music guy. Like, do you still have takes around you know best Christmas movie, best Christmas songs? Like, what what, what are we dealing with here? Sure. I don't have as much of a Christmas song take. I mean, I know the one that has like kind of emerged in the last like decade or whatever is like the uh, baby is called outside is not not it, which I don't have like a strong take about. Like, it's not a great look, but uh, it doesn't bother me one way or the other. I like um, in terms of Christmas songs, like the classic ones you'll hear. I think uh, I mean, sure, you know, the Mariah Carey song uh, is a good song. You know, I'm not going to be mad at it i worked at a uh, grocery store for a couple years in, in high school and early college so when it was around that time you know this that song was on all the time so it kind of you know kind of funny to think about um in terms of movie yeah i think it's a little i guess i would have like takes every year my family and i would watch uh, it's a wonderful life um, oh, okay which is a really great movie it's also absolutely 100 percent not i mean it's a christmas movie but most of the movie is about this guy just getting kicked in the teeth through his whole life and then contemplating suicide, like seriously about to commit suicide and like very festive has like extremely um, is an extremely depressing like film. Like <laughs> there are there are uh, active like scenes there. I remember it was I didn't really get it until I was in high school and then it like really spoke to me because there's like some actually like really sad stuff. Um, throughout throughout the movie um, with regards to George Bailey and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, that's a great movie. Die Hard is an excellent movie. I was just um, about to ask, is Die Hard a Christmas mu- movie? Die Hard's a Christmas movie. I mean, even if... Just, I think my definition of a Christmas movie, though, is like pretty loose, but I would say that that is no doubt. I mean, I don't know what else... I mean, sure, it, Christmas movie isn't a genre of movie, but it's just a, it, it's a theme. I well, think Christmas is a through line. Let me let me hit you guys with a take I heard the other day. Curious what you guys think. Someone presented me with the take that Mean Girls is a Christmas movie. Thoughts? Oh, because the one scene where they're correct dancing and the uh, no, I don't know. No, it's not. No, it's no, not a central point. Chris, mean Girls is just like uh, you know a coming of age like movie i wouldn't that would be there's a christmas scene like like is is harry potter a christmas movie because they get sweaters in that one scene i think that's what this person would argue yes Uh, no that's terrible any movie that has christmas uh, no i'm not having that. christmas it has has to be at least at least a uh a secondary 
a plot point, I would say, or, or even even a, a setting. It doesn't have to be like prominent, but you know, it can be like a just something in the background because there are there are great films that take place around Christmas, but they don't really involve Christmas. Yeah, so that's what that's what I would say. Yeah. You've kind of laid out for us a little bit some of your family traditions. Would you say your family traditions in terms of how you guys celebrate the holidays, is it more unique to your family? Or would we note, like, if we had talked to a bunch of people who all celebrate Hanukkah, we'd find, oh, like, there's a pretty clear through line in all these traditions that are kind of laid out. Um, with regards to Hanukkah, I'm not sure. It, I think it, would, it probably varies family to family. I think the going down and seeing family over your school holiday break around Christmas break, I think that's a pretty commonality for, and not just for, you know, Jews. I mean, that could be for, for anyone, um, going out of town just to see family. But I think Florida, South Florida, Jewish community type thing, that is a very, um, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Jewish experience. Um, and it extends even further. I mean, I know people that like would be at, that, I, that we would see around or be family friends that would be from further up north and stuff like that. So I think that that would be a, a commonality. But I think, and then it comes to Christmas. I mean, my family always did the like the Chinese food in a movie, you know, combo uh, on Christmas, which is a real thing. That is a real thing. And it's like, if you go to the theater, most people at that theater are probably Jewish, like, you know. Um, so we, we, we do that every year. So, you know, and that's awesome because it's like, hey, I get somebody to buy me a movie ticket and I'm going to see something I want to see. Like, it's, that's always a win for me, even when I was younger. What What's the go-to meal, the Chinese food meal? Oh, I really like many different Chinese food dishes, so I don't know if I have a go-to. I mean, it's something like a, a lo mein or a, with some sort of like, you know, uh, meat, obviously, or like a dumplings appetizer always. For sure, or like a soup. Dump- Good work. Dumplings or soup always as an appetizer. Um, I like the. I like things like you know broccoli with like beef, or I'm a big um, like I said lo mein already. So yeah, I mean uh, any of the any of like the chicken dishes, you could just throw a dart at a lot of those like chicken dishes, and I would, I would eat it. Yeah, doesn't matter what kind of like seasoning. Doesn't matter if it's you know what they call it. Um, um, I'm pretty big on the, you know, the, the basic sesame, orange, general sauce, whatever you want to, any kind of sauces you want to put in there, you know, duck sauce, sweet and sour sauce, like we're, we're with it. Now, have you started scouting out what movie you guys are going to see this year? Cause you said, you know, this is it. like, did you do a movie last year? Or was the tradition broken a little bit because of COVID? That's true. The tradition was broken. I also wasn't home last year. Mm. Um, so, and also I'm not going to be home again this year, but I am still, I mean, I would do this anyway, personally. I, I, I like seeing movies a lot, but I would, uh, I'm going to do that again this year. I, I will tell you, I'm seeing uh, Licorice Pizza on uh, Christmas Eve night, so that'll be that'll be fun. And I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm hoping to see another movie on Christmas Day, but I'll, uh, I'll see if it's, it's playing around here. I might have to go into the city for it, but I'm looking, I'm looking into seeing uh, Red Rocket on Christmas Day, hopefully. I don't think yeah, I know that one. Yeah. I, I know Licorice Pizza, and I haven't gotten around to seeing it yet because it's not playing anywhere near me yet. 
No, but, it was only in New York and LA for uh, for those first few weeks. So of course, because no one else in any other city wants to see it. That's usually how, um, and it's funny because this is not really an indie, but that's usually how like indies have been doing it for years. Uh, you yeah. Know? So and then if it has enough buzz or enough like of a distributor push behind it, it will go wider. But it's like extremely difficult for you know like not spider-man no way home to be like in a lot of theaters yeah <laughs> so, so but yeah uh, red rocket is a uh movie from sean baker who did uh tangerine and the florida project most recently oh um it's about like a guy who's goes back to like his hometown in texas and you know shenanigans ensue i guess shenanigans yeah it's simon rex is the lead actor he's been getting a lot of buzz for his performance so looking forward to seeing that one I'm trying to think. I think I actually saw a movie on Christmas one time and nobody was there. It's great. Um, I, I saw Les Mis. Great movie. I fell asleep in the middle of it, but <laughs> I, I got the gist of it. So oh, this is I'll a great, it. great question. What other movies have you fallen asleep while watching? Because <laughs> the only one I've... I, f- I fall asleep in the movie theater all the time, which is why I don't go to movies no, that, that often. Because those, those chairs are way too comfortable. That's, well, a, see, dad, that's a dad vibe right there. <laughs> the only one I remember falling asleep for is Finding Dory. I was just bored out of my mind for Finding Dory. And I, I zonked out like 10 minutes into the movie. I woke up like with 10 minutes left and I... Literally in the car ride, one of my friends was like, you have no idea what happened. You fell asleep. And then I recounted the plot from Finding Nemo and realized that I didn't miss anything. That's, that's like, Actually, I think I fell asleep in Infinity War the first time how? I saw it. Oh, you're gonna get the you're gonna get the Marvel uh, crowd upset here. No, 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 no. I, That's fine. I'm not upset. Up. I just don't understand how you could fall asleep. It's it's too action packed to fall asleep. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're gonna say. Well, then again, I also recently I'm, fell asleep watching the new Fast and Furious. So I guess I'm not the best person to say like, how would you fall asleep? I'm not. During I'm not like movie? go. I'm not you know ho hum Marvel guy either. Like I've I haven't even seen probably half the movies. So I'm not you know I'm not eagerly waiting to get tickets for the latest Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, off the top of my head, I fell asleep during Invictus, if you guys remember that movie. <laughs> I do. Um, I, f- I fell asleep when I saw Split, which is a weird one to fall asleep in. I hope I hope that, that didn't invade like any of your dreams or whatever, because that would have... <laughs> split personality. That was a weird movie. Yeah, split- I-, I saw it in full later. Weird movie. Mm. Yeah. I'm- did they make a sequel that wasn't any good, or did they I not? I thought they made two sequels, yeah. Oh, right. to, to trilogy split? there you go yeah because it the was Sha- all the Shyamalan movie Anya Taylor Anya Taylor Joy's coming out party though so she was great she was in that yeah I had no idea I don't um, think that's that's all I can remember off the top of my head but I'm sure there's more yeah those I, uh, are my only two I never I've never fallen asleep to a movie in the theater if it's like 2 a.m. and I'm watching something on my laptop maybe but also if if I'm it's two a.m. and I'm watching something on my laptop, odds are I'm not like hooked anyway, like really hooked on it. So I can afford to you know come back to it or what have you. I mean, if it's like a really you know dumb, dull Netflix movie, I can you know just say just not finish it. In some cases, like make a business decision, but you know, like in the theater, no, I'm I'm pretty. I would say I'm pretty attentive. My uh, stepdad though. The reason why I said that's a dad thing is we went to a movie one time while uh, while over Christmas break in Florida. 
uh, terrible movie. Uh, it was called uh, Into the Woods. Uh, it was like a musical, whatever. Uh, and my stepdad just straight up fell asleep. Like 20 minutes in, I was sitting right next to him. Woke up, end of the movie. And I was like, you made a great choice. I wish I could have joined you. <laughs> My mom used to like when I was younger take me to movies and like she would just be like, All right, just like wake me up when it's over because she just is taking me to these movies she has no interest in seeing. Like I remember vividly her falling asleep while we watched the Yu-Gi-Oh! movie, a classic, by the way. Of course. I owned a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! cards as a kid. Like Same. a lot. Like a lot. Like probably, I, we, a, probably we an still embarrassing do. amount. <laughs> Well, it was funny because I think that was a Christmas gift one year for me and my younger, my older brother. Like we got two of like when it was first starting, we both got like a starter deck, except he got the starter deck with the blue eyes in it, which I really wanted. And then I had the one with the dark magician. So my parents had to retroactively go and buy the other starter decks for both of us. So that way we both didn't have any cards the other didn't have. Just, just guilting your parents into buying tins of, of Yu-Gi-Oh cards. <laughs> Listen, I love Yu-Gi-Oh. Come on, I, we still have hella cards. It's still a great, you know, fun time. I haven't played Yu-Gi-Oh in so long, but I remember always being like, I mean, I, I had, I, I had a lot of Pokemon cards too, but it was more of like, oh, this, it was, this was the weird game. Pokemon was the <laughs> cool, the cool kids game. So <laughs> no, you know, magic, so- magic was the weird game. Magic was the weird game. People used to clown on kids for playing Magic. I never even knew what it was, but that that's funny you bring that up. I was going to say, I got nothing. Oh, no, Magic was great. I played it a couple different times. I, it wasn't something I played actively, but Magic the Gathering was a, a fantastic card game. I mean, people at my in my schooling experience were really mean, so I, I'm not surprised that people just got dunked on for playing Magic. But yeah, that uh, I do remember that that game and just like knowing a couple people that played it and never giving it a shot because of the social stigma against magic. We hate to see that. Hate to see it. I think that, I think you can play it in like handheld form now on like the Nintendo switch, if I'm not mistaken, which is kind of sick. Really? I think I'm not totally sure, but I think a lot of stuff like that gets like reclaimed too, where it's like, it just becomes a game or it becomes a movie. Like, I'll tell you, you know, I didn't think that uh, Sonic would get two movies, but here we are with the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 sequel barreling down, and we've got, like, a talking Knuckles in the trailer now. And I'm like, hold on, I played all those games. I know this lore. What, 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 the fuck is, what are we doing? Didn't they pull Idris Elba to be Knuckles? Like, they got a like, big name. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know who exactly, but the villain, the Eggman. It is. It's Idris Elba. Idris Elba, yeah. The, the Eggman character is... Um, Jim Carrey. Yes, yes, he is, which makes perfect sense, actually. It was... Uh, I remember seeing the first movie, and I was like, I was skeptical of this, but this was perfect casting. They really nailed this one, because it's Jim Carrey doing a full weirdo Jim Carrey. Like, he's not subdued at all, and it's great. Yeah, I don't think Jim Carrey is capable of being subdued. Uh, or, or not capable, rather, uh, doesn't usually put that subdued performance forward. Um, I mean, it's not his. It's not his first choice. No, no, not not every movie is uh, Eternal Sunshine for Jim Carrey. We're, we're getting we're getting more The Mask and Dumb and Dumber Two than we're getting Eternal Sunshine. <laughs> I do not like the Dumb and Dumber franchise. That might be a hot take, but I don't find it terribly funny. God, I love that we're in Movie Corner right now. Not a big fan. I don't of- think I've seen the second one. I'll be honest. I don't know if it's really worth your time. Personally. I don't like yeah, the I don't, first I was, one. I don't, I don't plan on it. <laughs> 
Uh, Jim Carrey, I never... There are a couple good lines, I mean... I never was big into, like, Ace Ventura. I was never big into Dumb and Dumber. It's just not my type of humor. See, I like Ace Ventura. I just didn't like, uh, Dumb and Dumber. But now looking back, Ace Ventura has a couple, like, trans jokes that have not aged well at all. When it was made, no way. (laughs) Yeah. Compared to now. Um, what else, Jim Carrey? I think my... Uh, Truman Show was really good. Oh, the Truman yeah, Show's Jim excellent. Curry. I love, I love the Mask. That was his best movie. Yeah, Carrie's really good in that. The Mask, not not a huge mask. I get it, though. That's like the Jim Carrey. It is. Like, I get it. So, that, that, that that's fair. I like, I'm just... Uh, you guys are skipping over the fact that he was Count Olaf in the series of Unfortunate Events. Oh, yes. <laughs> there were some books I read when I was younger, and uh, I saw the movie. Great franchise. I'm not even going to lie. Books or movies? Definitely not the movies. Both. No, the movies were incredibly average. The books were pretty good. So what I'm hearing is the books are elite, the movies are mid. They all had a little, they all had alliteration names too. I remember it was like the hostile hospital. It was like the... long. Some of them had long titles and they were very... The haunted hotel or something, I don't know. Talk about books that were made into movies. Super, super depressing book series in hindsight yeah it, uh lemony snicket right that's the uh yeah not, yeah not exactly like a uh i mean it's a children's author in like name only <laughs> you know like they were sneaking some stuff in there for sure i mean i don't remember them because I, I was so young when i read them but like that's that's a problem like i probably shouldn't have been doing that <laughs> oh god well, Caleb, I believe that is bringing us close to the end here of the Holiday Spectacular. What, what, what final message would you like to get out there for the people? Make, make, it, make some sort of impassioned plea to the people to, you know, get, get them on the side of Hanukkah. I feel like, you know, Christmas has become so commercialized and Hanukkah has just been left in the dust to, to sit in the corner while the cool kids all celebrate Christmas. You, you got to st- stick up for the holiday a little bit. Whoa, harsh. Uh, yeah, I, I'm the kid that played magic, and I'm sticking up for yeah. I'm, I'm sticking up for uh, reclaiming my holiday. Um, I think with with Hanukkah, the the thing that's cool about it is it's not the most important holiday in the world from a Jewish perspective. Like the high holidays, you know, Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, those are more meaningful and more sorrow filled. Hanukkah's a fun holiday. Hanukkah's like, hey, look, we were totally oppressed, we kicked ass. Let's give presents and eat like some fried food. And that's really what it is. Like you guys want some spinning tops? We could, you know, do a little dreidel action. Like that's let's do it. That, let's do it, and it's fun. You know, you want some? Uh, it's Hanukkah gilt, so like chocolate coins, basically. Oh, they're delicious. You guys, you guys want some? It's delight. It's wonderful. So Hanukkah is a very fun holiday. You sing songs. You light candles. It looks pretty. Uh, you know, you you play. You know, you play games with the fam. You eat some uh, latkes, which is basically just like tater tots. You know, and we're we're having a great time. So Hanukkah is a fun holiday. You know, Christmas you might still have to like go to church and whatever. Like, I don't Ugh. know. Who wants to do that, right? So <laughs> Christmas Eve service, yeah, right, exactly. You know, you, and you know, Christmas is the buildup of like the whole year. It's the big one. Hanukkah is more low stakes. You know, so that's my that's my pitch for Hanukkah. Is like it's a big deal only because in the minds of the Western world, it comes around Christmas time. So we have to treat it like it's the Jewish analog to Christmas. But it really isn't. You know, it's a fun holiday. You get gifts and you have fun and you kind of, you know, you burn burn some candles and you move on. So it's fun. 
Well, Caleb, thank you once again for joining us on the Holiday Spectacular. Before you go, I, you've done it before, but let the people know where they can find you, where they can read more of you, hear more of you. Sure, sure. Um, well, thanks for having me again. Um, I My at on Twitter is Caleb underscore Wilfinger. Um, and I also do a podcast of my own, uh, Living Off Borrowed Time podcast. We talk about music, film, random stuff when I feel like it, but mostly music. We do a lot of artist discography dives uh, coming up on year-end time, so year-end lists are coming out, so we'll have a, some long podcasts for you to enjoy on, on breaking down uh, myself and my co-hosts. Uh, top top 10 albums of the year. Um, that's Living Off Borrowed Time podcast, Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you get your podcasts, YouTube, etc. Um, that's pretty much what I got going on right now. I'm finishing up over at PicksWise, if you're interested in some degeneracy, but, you know, bowl season in the college football world. So, PicksWise, college football, you can find my name as one of the uh, contributors. And we will, uh, we'll, we'll put this out there now, but you will be back on uh, in a few weeks yes, for fun. a college football preview. And It'll be fun. Got gotta gotta warn you now. Bearcats. It's not gonna it's not gonna be the most fun you've ever had for the first ten minutes. We're gonna warn you now. Uh, sure, sure. The, the Oklahoma stuff. Uh, I did I did listen back to that episode recently. Oklahoma stuff didn't go to plan, but I also, you know, didn't have the data in front of me that their starting quarterback wouldn't be a good quarterback. So oh, here we go. Here didn't we help go. Me. He's our excuses starting. already. I love it. Excuse, All right. Hey, somebody here had Clemson winning the national title, so I don't want to hear it. But anyway, or at least Was it certainly wasn't at me. At least making the final. I think I think Dave had Clemson going. Yeah, that sounds about places, right. So. <laughs> hey, you know, it was a, I didn't have them in the playoffs. It was a fun year. My, you know, Tom, you had that Cincinnati train, so good good stuff. It was fun. It's been a fun year. So. Well, Caleb, thank you again for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you again in a couple weeks. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, Tom, we keep the train moving here with the Hanukkah theme and bringing in people who don't actually celebrate Christmas. And without further ado, he's back for the second year in a row. Maybe, I think he might have been doing this since we're in college as well. He is a repeat offender, and there is a lot going on Holiday Spectacular. It's the one, the only, Zach Kaplan. Zach, welcome back to There's a Lot Going On. I think this is this might be my fourth year. Uh, if, if since you get, since it was just a radio show at Penn State, I think this might be my fourth year. But um, I'm not a math guy, so don't quote me there. Were you on our first year? We did the top four theme. When it was like the college football playoff was big. Were you on that one? Yeah, I feel like I was. That would have been you might have been maybe your sophomore year. Five years I'm ago. not sure. It was a, it was a long time ago, and I can barely remember what I ate for breakfast, let alone talk shows in december of whatever that would have been 2017 so uh we'll have to go check the archives uh get a producer and intern on that or something yeah i wonder if any of the there's a lot going on tapes still exist on the penn state servers because they always try and claim that they delete things ahead of time and they don't keep anything and then like when we were there it was like all the way up to 2019 and we had everything from our freshman year still so it felt like a lie we had everything New except building. the highly controversial pregame show where i allegedly said that illinois was getting off to a fast start <laughs> And, and a game the that they lost Pelter said, <laughs> Well, and in a game where Brandon Pelter said that in the Florida game, Will Greer was going to be a huge difference maker in which Will Greer was suspended. <laughs> that, that was, was the one we scene. couldn't find. I think, I think like the CIA went in and deleted that one. There's no other explanation. I think that was some uh, user 
User error. It might have been intentional. <laughs> that's 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 my feel. Well, Zach, I as many times as we've had you on, I feel like the first year we had you on, we had a lot of discussion about Hanukkah and what you do for the holidays. It's been so long though. I don't remember. I'm sure the audience does remember. Give us a little Kaplan family recap. What goes on, you know, when Christmas is happening for everyone else? What is the Kaplan family doing? Um, this year in particular, it's going to be um, me watching the NBA, uh, Chinese food, uh, maybe a movie or two, uh, depending on what the games are at night or even if the games are even played with uh, the Omicron variant. I don't even know what the status of those games are at this point, nor does Adam Silver, for being honest. Um, and, uh, I think, um, I think that's kind of the basis of it is Chinese food, get the family over, uh, watch a movie or something, or, or just, uh, do watch whatever's on TV. Um, that's, I, I think that's kind of the basis of it. Hanukkah wise, um, little, I'm, I've gone a little more secular over the years as if to say non really celebrating, um, you know, I'm usually working or doing other stuff. It's just like, I don't have time for this stuff. I don't have time to light the candles. My office doesn't really let me light candles. So, you know, they're infringing on my right. No, I'm just kidding. Fire hazard. I'm sure, yeah. I'm, I'm sure they'd be fine if I wanted to do it, but I haven't asked. I had a guy uh, at work parent- a couple years ago who actually got in a lot of trouble for lighting candles. He was Jewish. Didn't go over well with uh, the higher ups. <laughs> didn't, go well with the, didn't go over well with the Jewish community of, uh, of Pennsylvania. I assume that's where this happened, this, this atrocity. Uh, I, I can't believe that that would occur. That's just terrible. I'm more of a Festivus guy. I don't know. I might celebrate Festivus this week. That's like almost as fun. What's Festivus? Oh, Have you never seen, you haven't seen the Seinfeld Festivus? episode? Uh, no, I'm I am not cultured on Seinfeld. I'll be honest. It's all good. Basically, um, so George Costanza's father. George is like the kind of the klutz of the show, the punchline of the show. His father created a special holiday um that 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 didn't have the commercialization of christmas and instead of a christmas tree they would put a metal pole in the in the room uh and they had such uh parts of festivus as the airing of grievances and the feats of strength uh in which uh the, the holiday would not end until his son pinned him and the airing of grievances is exactly what it sounds obviously um so it's uh it's quite a holiday. I'm trying to sell. It's December 23rd for those who want to celebrate it. Um, maybe celebrate it this week. But uh, yeah, uh, parents got me a couple Chipotle gift cards for Hanukkah this year, and uh, said Big you time. can come home for said you can come home for Christmas. So that's what I'm doing. While they're allowing you to come home for Christmas, uh, how about that? You know, they they really do love you. They do. Isn't that it's kind of ba- nice. isn't that kind of backhanded though? Like you don't get to come home for Hanukkah, you get to come home for Christmas. Like a holiday you don't even celebrate. They're letting you come home. Eight, eight days, eight days away from the office is, is, is a little impractical, uh, especially this time of year. So it's uh, it's, it's I think it comes down more to that. Are, are, do you guys do any of the Christmas traditions? Because I know you mentioned, like, you know, you guys do Chinese food. By the way, Caleb also said he did Chinese food. And I didn't realize this was, like, a stereotype about Jewish people is to eat Chinese food and watch movies on Christmas. Like, this is that's, new. That's like a huge stereotype. stereotype. <laughs> huge stereotype. I watch the NBA because I am cultured, but, um, you know, for the most part. But... Um, no, as far as celebrating, no. And frankly, I'm glad I, I can save money on not buying a tree and 
uh, putting up lights and all that stuff. It just seems like a hassle. Like, I don't know. Um, and I think it's, uh, I think it's kind of nice that I don't have to do that to be completely honest. But, um, yeah, there was a stir last year when I lived in Helena, Montana, there's one Chinese restaurant in town, like one that you'd actually go to. And, uh, the line was literally, it was literally causing traffic. How many people were waiting for pickup orders? Uh, it was hysterical. I drove by, was laughing my ass off. And then I drove right to Panda Express because, you know. Well, well hold on, hold on, hold on. Am I am I wrong? But I didn't think Montana had the most robust Jewish population. There are like maybe a thousand in the entire state. Maybe a thousand. Then what? What was up with the lines at at the like? That doesn't seem related. They people, seem people unrelated. They live in like three places in Montana, though. It was one of the most shocking moments of my Montana experience so far. I also, I'm with you, Dave. I have no idea where they all came from. Maybe it's just like pe- just secular people who like are Christian, but just don't really care for the the, the Christmas ham or any of that stuff. Um, and they just wanted some. Well, you gotta uh, think like J- lockdown too. People probably weren't celebrating with families as much last year. Good point. And they were celebrating with Jade Garden in Helena, Montana, instead on North Mon- on North Montana Ave. No free ads. So there you go. Let's relax. All right, sorry. Yeah, we gotta sorry. gotta strike that one from the record. All right, all right, take it out, take it out. Well, Zach, you you brought up Seinfeld, and it got me thinking for a second because I know you'll have a take on this. What is the premier Jewish television show? And I I don't mean that in like an offensive way, but I, I the two that came to mind Not were offended. were Seinfeld and um what's it, the one with Larry Curb David? Enthusiasm. Curb your enthusiasm. Yes, um, Curb has been on longer, so I'm going to say Ty goes to the longevity that Curb has, has had. Really? Curb is on a yeah. season 11, and they're still making new episodes. So they're not only is their run not done, but they have already surpassed the run that Seinfeld had. While Seinfeld was more popular at the time, I think the staying power that Curb has had makes Curb the premier Jewish humor episode. And it's also about Larry, whereas Seinfeld like had like episodes that weren't as focused on like Jewish things, Curb has had like singular episodes where that has been like the you know the A plot of the episode. Uh, so Curb uh, Ty goes to the longevity there with uh, LD, but he's part of both shows, so I don't think he would uh, comp- uh, complain either way. What what is the best episode of Curb? I, I'm someone who's had a hard time getting into the show, if I'm being quite honest. But what what would you say is the best episode? I think it's the Palestinian chicken episode. Basically, which people I, anyone who doesn't know the show just be like what? Um, but basically, <laughs> so well, it, it's where the um, it's like the all time Larry David meme, the confused where he's like, eh, you know, like 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 when people I've tweeted it like five thousand times, like where Larry David's like. Yeah. So it comes from that episode. Basically, a new Palestinian chicken place opens in um, in his part of L.A. and um, and he and he wants to eat there, but everyone's like, "You can't eat there. You're you know you're it's uh you're turning your back on your people or something." And he kind of goes, like, ah, you know, and um and basically they uh, they, they consider him a hero uh, because the Palestinians consider him a hero because he eats there. Uh, and then it's at the you know multiple things happen in the episode, and by the end, there's a whole standoff between like a Jewish chicken place and a Palestinian chicken place. It's supposed to be like a parody of the whole Arab-Israeli conflict, and uh, it's just a very it's a very well done parody uh, in true Larry David fashion. 
my favorite episode, uh, the Palestinian chicken episode. Now, you, you mentioned this year for Hanukkah, you got, you know, a lot of gift cards. Do you look back, Caleb had told us that the way they do Hanukkah, kind of your, your best gift normally comes on the first day. I need to know if that is the same in the Kaplan household, and if it is, looking back through the years, what was the best Hanukkah day one gift you ever got? No doubt. Um, to answer part one of that question, it is definitely, you, your parents like to start off with the best thing first. I think it's just a... Uh, just kind of like, you know, set the tone. And then by night seven, you're getting socks and underwear. But, you know, you always have night one. And um, I think fifth grade, my parents hit my sisters and I with a Disney World trip night one. So, like, oh, so like that's probably night? the wow. best. Well, that, no, not for one okay, night. Okay, but, okay. Uh, uh, no, they, no, we went for – we hit the four big parks. I think we went for five days. I was like fifth grade, so obviously the age where you're still, you know, jazzed up about that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, I think that's probably the. Best. You say that like you wouldn't get I'm jazzed still up jazzed about for Disney. World if you now, start going to Disney get, tomorrow, yeah. like I'm ready to go. I haven't been back since, and that was like 2007, 2008. I would love to go back um, and to see how much it's changed because I bet this, they've added a lot of new stuff. I don't know, Dave. You're an employee. Well, last time I went uh, around Dave, the world, Dave and I went when we were doing the Citrus Bowl. We went to Epcot and we drinks around the read, world. We rode Test Track around six thousand times and we consumed a lot of beverages. So it was a great time. Oh man! Best thing you can get in Epcot is the alcoholic slushies in Japan. Yes, sir. Writing that on my mental notes here. Next time at Epcot, alcoholic slushies in Japan. Okay. Got it. Well, so did, when you were there, like, did you guys go, like, was it like they surprised you that day and you left that night? Or was it like the trip was during Christmas? Well, when did you guys actually go? Surprised us that day. We went like two weeks later. Um, it was like, uh, uh, I think my grandparents came. I think it was like all seven of us kind of went. Uh, so it was a, a squad rolling through the Magic Kingdom and Epcot and Animal and Hollywood Studios. Um, which I know is Dave's favorite park, obviously. That's just a no-brainer. Um, Hollywood Studios. Hollywood Studios is actually my favorite, so good oh, call. I hate Tower of Terror. I only wrote it once. I couldn't do it again. Yeah. I, I've also only done it once for similar reasons. I, um, I, yeah, I've heard some weird, yeah. Tower of Terror, good. Um, well, no, like, so I, let's I, be honest. I, I, think we, I think we went like a couple weeks later, and then we went for like five days or so. Hit, 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 each, hit each park. If we're on the subject of thrill rides, I feel like the drop is always what scared me the most rather than like doing a loop or going super fast. Like it was that feeling of your stomach in your chest that really always got me. And Tower of Terror is just like yo-yoing you the whole time. I couldn't do upside down rides for a while. It's like never the thought of just falling out of the car scared me. (laughs) I have since, you know, I have a better understanding of physics. Uh, so got through that, but that was, uh, that was an issue on the trip, shall we say. See, I, I, I was kind of the same way. Like I didn't want to do those things cause I was, I was so small. And so my thought was, well, like, I'm just going to fall right out of this thing. <laughs> and the obviously, yeah. And like, kind of like you said, like a, not how physics works. But B, as I got older and I kind of like was getting taller, I was like, oh, cool. Now I can ride these rides. I feel comfortable doing this now. 
Yeah, and and then have you ever seen the video of the on Tower of Terror of the little girl who doesn't exactly fit into the seat, so she like comes out of the harness almost, and her dad has to like grab her so she doesn't smack the ceiling. Yikes! No. That I haven't is... seen that video. It's a frightening video. I'll send it to you guys when we're done. That sounds freaky. Yeah, it is quite quite the piece of video. No kidding. Man, oh man. Speaking of trips, Piper, are we hitting Vegas yeah. anytime soon? What's up? Are you going back? Um, I'm very down. For those who don't know, uh, Tom and I went in April of this year. Uh, disaster. The wonderful. Yeah, it was a disaster. I have never, and I mean never, like short of James Harden in that one playoff game when he went 0 of 27, I have never seen Tom Shively on a losing streak as bad. As the April 2021 oh. trip to Las Vegas. That was all You have not time. talked to Tom enough then. You have not oh, no, that Vegas was all time. time. That that, you so weren't there, bad, David. David. I, got, I got to be on Kaplan's side here. It was bad. Dave, it was so bad. I, it's, it, you're literally you're – li- it's, it's watching a car stuck in the train tracks, and the train comes and hits the car. But it's like the train kept backing up and hitting the car over again. That's how it felt, just sitting there. Watching Tom, watching Ryan at the blackjack table, just like guys, this dealer is this is a cold table. You got to get up and go. No, they would not take it for an answer. They kept rolling and uh, rolling and uh, rolling and rolling. Like you know what th- this this leads me down an interesting path. So we brought this up with Caleb as well, but I have a new twist for this. So I, I've been told. And I've heard often that oftentimes people who are Jewish will, you know, they'll do the Florida trip over Christmas. They will head down to the warm weather, get away from their cold climate. Is the most degenerate thing someone could do on Christmas is to go to Vegas? Oh, yeah. I mean, because I don't even know, like, I don't even know if things are open. So, like, you're literally just like, oh, they're in open. Vegas? Gotta Come go. on now. It's gotta... a day ending in Y. Of course they're open. <laughs> no, I get it. But, like. Like if you're sitting at a sports book, like who else is there? You it's just you like scratching yourself. Just like God, I bet these NBA oh, games. No, oh there's my God, there's gonna be people there. You know, but, uh, I get this. I get, I get it. But like, oh my God, like you gotta, you gotta tuck it in. That's what you're doing because that is just insane. Like, it's it's also like not a good like. A, I don't think it's a good time to go. Weather's like not as good as it can be. I I don't know. I'd rather go either in the spring or later in the winter. Um, but that is. Yeah, definitely a big Jewish thing to go down to Florida. Like a lot of friends that I would see when I go back to Boston next week are going to be in Florida, and all of them are Jewish. So I mean, case in point, right there. Um, or not all of them, but you know, most of them, almost all of them. And uh, yeah, I mean, jokes on them because I'd rather go to Vegas, but you know, to, to each their own. See, I maybe this is just like a bad take, Tom. I'm curious what you think of this because you also celebrate Christmas. But we got to normalize the spending Christmas in a warm climate because we've had a lot of takes so far on this podcast. And the almost overarching one has been the holiday season is not the same without the cold weather. And I strongly disagree with that. I haven't gotten a chance to voice that yet, but I feel like I can enjoy it whether I'm in, you know, 70 degrees and sunny in California or it's 10 degrees and snowing on the East Coast. I'm, I'm not on your team here. Christmas is terrible when it's warm and, you know... It's it's been like you're a, 60s you're a white here you're a white Christmas week. guy. It's been 60s here all week. Like I just I'm not getting in the spirit. You know I'm, I'm I'm walking around in shorts. It just it's not the same. So I, I disagree. Well, you know you and, and the John Hills of the world can have your warm Christmases, but I'm good. 
I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, with, I'm with Dave here. Warm Christmas, no doubt. Even if I don't celebrate it, I don't care. I'd rather have a warm Christmas. Do, do, are, I have never asked you this. Are both of your parents Jewish? They are. Is that why you don't? Yep. So what what would happen if you ended up marrying somebody who wasn't Jewish? Like, do you celebrate both Hanukkah and Christmas? What What's what's the deal? Probably. Um, some aunts and uncles would maybe excommunicate me. Um, no, I'm just kidding. No, they don't need, <laughs> it, 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 there was a time where that was like a big deal. Um, I think the time has passed. I think as long as I'm happy and she's not, you know, disrespectful, you know, as long as she's like, you know, just generally easygoing. Um, I don't know that I could be with someone that wasn't easygoing because that's kind of how I am. Um, but yeah, you know, like I, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think it'd be a big deal. There was a time where it would have been a big deal. Um, my parents know that it's not a priority for me more than other things. Um, and frankly, the cooking is a lot better on the Italian side of the world than on the Jewish side of the world. So, I mean, hey, it's uh, that can happen. That would be great. And uh, yeah, I, I have no problem if my kids go a little half and half, uh, you know, because you can just like you can give the same amount of gifts that you would give on Christmas. You can just spread it across nine days, the eight days of Hanukkah and then one day of Christmas. And then if they overlap, they overlap, whatever. It's eight, yeah, it's eight days. But I, I, I don't I don't have an issue with that personally. Well, Zach, the, the other thing we've been asking each of our guests, you know, whether you celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah, we've been trying to nail down what are your family traditions around the holidays? Do the Kaplans have any family traditions, whether that be, you know, specific to things that everyone does around Hanukkah or things that are, you know, that just the Kaplan family does? Hmm. Good question. Um, I don't think there's anything too specific. Uh, I guess like Passover, you know, you'll zoom. I, I've like zoomed in the last couple of years. Um, but I think with living so far from home, those traditions have kind of fallen out. We used to go to New York every year for Thanksgiving. I guess that's a holiday tradition, even if it's not the holiday you're talking about. Christmas wise, no. I mean, just really just the Chinese food and get the family together, watch a movie, or if the Celtics are on, I sneak in the other room and watch them. Uh, at some point and uh no i don't nothing too set in stone um we're like pretty secular as far as like intensity of celebrating holidays goes i feel like we're on the more casual side i got i got two food questions for you um i need your go-to order from chinese since that's a tradition i also need your go-to chipotle order since you mentioned the gift cards you got for hanukkah so let's hear it i'll go chipotle first um chicken a uh, double chicken burrito but and this is a huge i'm giving away a huge secret here i hope chipotle doesn't come after me yeah you don't tell them double off the top because you'll never get as much chicken you say chicken burrito and then as they're about to slide the burrito to the next thing you say oh actually can i get double sorry um and then you kind of catch them off guard so they're thinking like oh yeah sorry and then they just kind of give you a little extra without thinking about it you never get as much when you say double off the top as you do when you say the accidental double. So always an accidental double guy. Um, so double chicken, uh, brown rice, no beans, cheese, sometimes guac, depending on if I'm, I have money in my bank account or not. You know, uh, can't, be, can't be spending it all on. Yeah, you, 
We're, you do work in local news, so that is a good good consideration on your yeah, part. Absolutely is. Uh, I mean, there's always money in the banana stand, but this is Chipotle, so that doesn't really apply. And then, um, and then lettuce as well, because you know, gotta have some veggies in there. That's the Chipotle order um, from Chinese from a Chinese place. Um, I love me some dumplings, big dumplings guy. And then I love the chicken teriyaki on a stick when they put that on. And then that's oh, good call, so fire. And then um, boneless spare ribs. Uh, that's like kind of my big three. That's my uh, that's my bird, Mikhail Parrish, Garnett Pierce Allen of uh, Chinese food, if you will. Listen, since you brought it up, I gotta I gotta say it. Since we're on the topic, say now, it. No team, no team has gotten more run out of a single championship than those 08 Celtics. It is so annoying the way all those guys try and talk about like, man, we know what it takes to be champions, and they literally got there once. once. One well, time. they got there twice, but they won once and got clowned by LeBron the last couple of years they were all together. Like, come on. still think they win in 2010 if Perk doesn't get hurt, um, but that's that obviously didn't happen, uh, or that, you know, they didn't win. Um, it, I, if you're resting your championship on Kendrick Perkins being healthy, then you weren't good enough to win. That's, Kendrick that's Perkins a was a point. force, though. That, that, that's a bad take. Perkins mattered in 2010. Listen, listen. Perk, Perk was a very good defender. Don't get me wrong. Very good player that year. I'm just saying you should be able to overcome an injury to Kendrick Perkins. To be honest, Dave, I thought when the Eagles won that they would supplant the 08 Celtics in that respect. And uh, they haven't. I feel like Eagles fans are just as miserable as they were like before the Super Bowl, and I'm kind of stunned by it. Yes, sir. I, I think they're they more miserable. I'm not going to lie. I think they're more I miserable. Think they might be more miserable. I thought they would live off of it forever. I I am stunned that that has not been the reality, because you're absolutely right. But I thought, I thought that was going to happen, and it just didn't. I, I would say, speaking as not a psycho Eagles fan, there is a certain subsection of Eagles fans that are never going to be happy no matter what. And it's the same people who weren't happy after the Phillies won the World Series, where they had always said, all we need is one. If they just win once, I'll be happy. And then they win, and people still aren't happy. Like It's like, oh, well, you got to do it again now. Where... There's the other subsection of Eagles fans, which I fall into, which very happy with the Super Bowl, but I can also laugh at when the team's doing things that are just idiotic. Right. So like, there's just so many fans, like the typical WIP caller who just can't like not take it like the most serious thing in the world. Oh man, I feel like that's kind yeah, of a I mean, shtick. Like you, if you win a title, you have like five years where the fans just expect another title after it, and you're kind of until that window dies yeah. out. It, it it feels like championship or bust, even though you know they obviously aren't anywhere near as talented as that team was, and it kind of feels like you just you get like the taste once, and it's just oh we got to keep going back, we got to keep going back. Not everybody can be the New England Patriots. I'm sorry. Oh, here we go. What, what I was gonna say was yeah. it <laughs> it's it's always been an issue though with Eagles fans, in my opinion, because they've always at least as long as. I've been an Eagles fan. There haven't been many like bad seasons. Like they're always good enough to get there and then they fumble it like in the NFC Championship game against like the Cardinals that one year. Right. Or they they crush the Bucks in the regular season and then they can't beat them in the NFC Championship game. Like it's just it's their MO to like just blow it late. And so 20 I saw someone tweet this the other day. That 2018 Super Bowl feels like a fever dream at this point. Like, they're never going to do that again. I, I mean, I, I certainly hope they don't. But I, I think they will at some point. Um, I just think they're 
the NFL is designed to be, you know, as much parody as, as possible. And I just think they're bound to just like magic in the bottle another year at some point. I mean, it might not, hopefully it's not for a while, but I think they'll do it again at some point. I don't think they're very close right now. No, not right now. No, but they'll, they'll find the right quarterback and good head coach and, you know, good, good enough line play and they'll get far enough NFC, uh, you know, to few te- teams are afraid to go to Philly. I mean, that's what they have going for them when they get home field. I mean, it's, it's such a big edge for them. I will say like right now, I'm pretty surprised, and I can't believe we're down this rabbit hole, but I'm pretty surprised at the performance of Nick Sirianni. I was not expecting him to be able to maximize this team the way he has. Like, I don't think anyone would say the Eagles offense is particularly good, yet they're like eighth in offensive DVOA. Like, they're a top 10 offense, which is crazy to think about, and he has squeezed every last drop out of this team. And the fact he was able to do that makes him more impressive to me. I've also heard someone give the take recently, though, that maybe he's just Matt Nagy. He has one really good year. People buy Ooh. in, and then that we never see it again. Well, that, well, so that we was, was that Nagy's yeah. first year, was it? When they won the division? Uh, when they had Khalil Mack, yes. It was, okay. That year they got Khalil, yeah. But the like, I think we got to... Yeah, we got to revisit that because like they... How do I describe this? They Aaron Rodgers was hurt most of that year, if I remember correctly. So like it feels yes. like a fraudulent division win. He had the collarbone, if I remember correctly. I think that was the year. Um the Eagles are uh, by the way, Jalen Hurts has been a fantastic fantasy quarterback too. I've loved him this year. I've had him on like you know, the, uh, my different teams. Uh but I yeah, I don't know how Sirianni's doing it. It'd be kind of funny if he was like Matt Nagy light, because I think Nagy's about to get fired. And I just I hate watching Bears games because just malpractice every week. It's just like they 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 would I, I wouldn't be surprised at this point if they had first and ten at like the opponent's seventeen yard line and punted. Like I wouldn't be phased. Like it, it is unbelievable to watch them on a weekly basis and just wonder what goes on operationally. Oh, they're they're bad on so many fronts. It's not even like I feel so bad for Justin Fields. I feel so bad for Trevor Lawrence. Like. Like, uh, Tom and I played this game, I think, last week on the show, but, like, Trevor Lawrence would be a New England Patriot right now if they just had a free agency, and that would be sick, and I heard someone make the argument recently that what's going on in college football right now is the purest form of free agency, in terms of, you know, you can go anywhere you want, who's gonna go to the, the biggest bag on yeah. the table? Yeah, it's yep. the purest form of free agency right now is college football. And it's interesting because I let's yeah, go go ahead, Tom. Let's be honest. We had one of the best college football seasons in recent memory uh this year, and not a word was said about NIL. So can we put that to bed that it's gonna affect the game negatively? That yeah. Absolutely absolutely put it to bed. And it's interesting covering teams on the FCS level because they kind of handle it a little differently. Um, but it'll be fascinating from my perspective to see which coaches are kind of quick to adapt to it and which ones aren't. Um, especially, you know, locally for me in the big sky conference, but just kind of across the lower levels of college football, if there is any attrition kind of going forward, cause there is something to be said and there's fans who care about that type of thing. Um, so hopefully it's not the case. I don't think it will be. Um, but that is like, to your point, just like people brought that up. People were kind of afraid that would happen. And I just don't think it's going to happen. 
Big win for the FCS, though. Number one recruit going to Jackson State. So things are looking up. That was like – it literally – when he did that, like those old super hot fire rap videos, like when he kept throwing the hats out, it sounded like he was just dropping like diss tracks on like Florida State, Georgia – and whatever the third school was, like he, like it, it literally sounded like, oh, you know, when Super Hot Fire was dropping a sick line that, you know, he just like deadpanned. I just think uh, I, I thought of that the other day. Hell of a video. That was like so funny. He had like a whole, like if I ever committed to a school and there was only like 10 people, like, like if you have like a small gathering for those, that's like kind of brutal. Like for me, I'd want like a Levitard wedding. I'd want like hundreds of people there. Cause I'd be so hyped. Like I, I, if it were me, obviously I'm not a college athlete and wasn't by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I think, I think that's so cool when there's like a crowd of people there. That's so sick. And that guy had a lot of people there. If, uh, if Zach, what, what, uh, what, what position would you play if you were a college football star? Oh my God. Left out of the starting lineup. <laughs> <laughs> what, what school are you committing to? The South Harmon Institute of I Technology. Like, I feel like you'd have a big celebration to like go to Central Michigan. Chip Watts, fire him up. You kidding? No, no one, no one, no one would be as excited to go to Ypsilanti. I think, I think it's Ypsilanti. Hope I didn't get that wrong. Um, or Kalamazoo. Yo, hear me out. Yeah. Zach, Zach looks like a center. I could see it. Oh, yeah. God, what is that supposed to mean? I you just, you just got the look about you, you know. Like, you know, cerebral, not, not you know, it's kind of, uh, it's all between the ears for a center, you know. Yeah, I was, I did Oh, wait, then never mind. I, I ever said <laughs> yeah. that. No, no, I played. Well, this um, requires you're the more of a defensive thinking. tackle. When I played high school football, my very, un- my very unnotorious high school football career, I was a left tackle. So I, I, I guess I'd have to say that because it's like what I played in high school. But obviously it wasn't a very illustrious career by any stretch. I think I was more known for my high school broadcasting than my high school playing, so uh, that should tell you where where things stood there. That was uh, a sight for sore eyes and a great sight for opposing defensive linemen, usually. <laughs> well, Zach, uh, it's been a pleasure. We have come, unfortunately, to the end of this portion of the Holiday Spectacular. Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to tell the people before uh, we cut you loose? Yeah, um, just that this is a great podcast and you should follow along every week. And I uh, I can't wait to be home with my family. Very excited for that. Uh, nice little break before we dive into basketball season out here in Montana. Um, it already started a few weeks ago, but uh, shout out the Montana State Bobcat football team going to the national championship. So, they're kind of extending football season, which started in August and now is going to go to January. So um, kind of uh, kind of sweet on our end. But thanks again for having me on. Always a pleasure. The holiday, the holiday spectacular rolls on for another year. Well, Zach, where can the people find you as well if they want to go check out everything you're doing? On my Twitter, at Zach underscore Kaplan5. And um, everything on SWX Montana. That's our Twitter feed. Uh, nightly show at 1030 Mountain Time on SWX for anyone in the Pacific Northwest listening to this. Uh, they can watch it in Washington, Idaho, and Montana. And then on ABC Fox Montana as well, um, I'm on at uh, 6, 9, and 10 uh, over the next few weeks. I'll be anchoring quite a bit. So feel free to tune in if you're in the Treasure State at anytime soon. 
You guys got to come out to Yellowstone or Glacier. We'll make it happen. We'll I've been, I've been to both, but I, I would. They're both very repeat trips. Like I would go back to both for sure. So because you can't, I'm you in. can't really do it all in one trip. Um, but we'll, we'll hit well, Vegas we went first. To, we went to Glacier and we went too early. Like it wasn't peak season yet, and like half the roads were closed. So I'll go back to Glacier when when kind of more is open. Perfect. And Vegas, of course, in there as well. Dave, thank you so much. You the man. Tom, you as well. Well, Tom, it's now officially official. I may have said it in the beginning that we were at the end, but this is the official end of the There's a Lot Going Holiday Spectacular. How do you feel it went? I mean, I I always feel that this is like such a momentous project we put on. And just the fact like we finish it every year is is a feat in and of itself. It was a lot easier when it was a live radio show and then we were done. Nothing else to do. A little bit harder now that I have to edit it, but that's okay. You know, it's just it's all part of the show. Yeah, the year builds up, and now, uh, you know, the after party will release details later, but it should be a good time. Glad everybody listened. If you stuck through, congratulations. You deserve praise for, for having listened to the spectacular as well. Um, but we had a ton of fun, and we hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. It was, it was a blast as it was every year, and 364 days till next year's spectacular, you know, start the countdown. I start, start the countdown now, and also, you got to start your countdown out as well to the Talgos. The official date of the Talgos is still to be determined because I think we, we might do a regular show next week. That way we can you know dive into the Urban Meyer stuff that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet. There's some college football playoff stuff going on. There's there's a lot that we're going to have to hit over these next couple weeks. So we may hold off on the Talgos a little bit later than we normally do. But just know the Talgos are coming. They're being planned. And we're going to have bigger and better awards than even we had last year. I had a controversial loss last year. I still believe I should have won and that it was a ratings ploy, but we'll, we'll get into it. I, I will get the crown that is rightfully mine this year. Well, I don't know if we're exactly doing it that way. I got to I gotta talk it out with you still and see see how we're going to do the format of the I'm gonna show. I'm going to win no matter what. It doesn't matter. I mean, we can find something to compete against each other. That way, you know, you can feel good about maybe getting a win, but we all know that I'm going to get the win. Well, again, the end of the Holiday Spectacular, Tom... Have a happy holiday. Everyone listening to this, we hope if you've already celebrated your holiday, you had a nice holiday, or if your holiday is coming up, that you enjoy the holidays with your family. Hopefully, everyone who's listening to this is vaccinated, can maybe head home, spend some time with the family this year, because I know a lot of us missed out on it last year. So for Tom Shively, I'm David Arroyo. We'll catch you back here next week for a normal edition of There's a Lot Going On.